Welcome to the Core Women Podcast, the place for women entrepreneurs, authors, and self-starters looking to build community and gain valuable insights through expert interviews with women at the top of their game. Join your host, podcaster, producer, expert coach, entrepreneur, and author, Dr. Summer Watson, as she aims to inspire and empower you through these candid conversations. Lean in and embrace the journey. It's time to start the show. Here's your host, Dr. Summer Watson. Today on the show, I'd like to welcome Linda Griffin, who is a published author, keynote speaker, and writing and self-publishing coach who teaches coaches, consultants, and other professionals how to capture their wisdom in a book, making it accessible to more people who can benefit from it. In the process, her clients increase their authority and thought leadership position in their chosen market. Linda also developed the Author Fast Track program based on her experience in writing and publishing a book. She takes people from idea to book in hand in as few as 90 days. Wow. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) We have so much to talk about here. Welcome. Thank you, Summer. I am so excited to be here. (laughs) That is amazing. But before we jump into the whole professional aspect of your background, let's take a little bit of time to learn about you and your personal journey. So just Mm -hmm. give us a a, a soundbite of where you came from, your experiences, and what might have influenced you to be where you're at today. Yeah, sure. Would love to. So I am a a techie at heart. Uh, from an early age, I like to put together puzzles and I like to solve mysteries. And my early experience with Nancy Drew gave me a lifelong love of mystery stories, which I still have today. And when I, I was a math major in college and I joined a technology company. So for most of my lifetime, I have worked in bits and bytes. And, and I laugh and say, how did I get from bits and bytes to, to talking words? <laughs> so I, I'm now using my right brain in addition to my left brain. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I grew up in a fairly large family with four kids and went off to, to college and, and enjoyed that thoroughly. And then I moved around a lot. I, I joined a corporate company, a Fortune 500 company. Company and moved around a lot. So I've traveled a lot, loved to travel, still love to travel and got a lot of experience in a lot of different areas. And, and then when I, I left my corporate job and started my own marketing company, that became the start of my journey of becoming a book coach. Mm, oh my gosh. Well, this is so interesting because you talk about bits and bytes, right? Mm-hmm. And you being a math whiz. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> You know, and I just got off a a live just minutes before I came on with you and Mm -hmm. it was about striving and thriving, but it was also about the story. And here's the thing, as a mathematician, as a math major Mm -hmm. in numbers, there was a story for you. Yes, yes. It, and, and, you know, it's funny because I see numbers in everything, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I numbers to me are like a, a, a language mm-hmm. almost. They and, are. It know, is a language. Yeah, it is a language. It yeah. is a language. And there's so much in nature that is related to math, so much in music that's related to math. In fact, music is really just mathematics, right? So, uh, and a lot of people are fearful of that because it, 
you know, I think they make it overly complicated. You know, everything in math is pretty much a formula. And once you figure out the formula, then you can figure out the thing. Um, But, but it, it can be intimidating. And I do, I do understand that. Uh, And, and, you know, and it's funny because when I was in college, um, certain types of people gravitate towards math, you know, kind of the the nerds, if you will. (laughs) And and I just remember uh, in college having one professor in one of my later college classes, he never spoke. (laughs) He did not speak the entire semester. He wrote on the board, he would write down the lessons, (laughs) he would would write down what you were supposed to do. He never spoke. And, and wow. that's kind of the stereotypical, you know, uh, you know, non non uh, socialized, if you will, individual. He was at the far extreme. Let me put it that way. Oh, uh, my. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You just wonder how somebody like that today could get along, you yes. know, in a classroom yes. setting. How yes. interesting. I mean, because there are extremes and I've written a book as well, and it's mm-hmm. called FEI Get Real with Strong Language. And, and the thing mm-hmm. about it is we take the language and we specifically use that title because we didn't want to objectify the language. And in that book, I talk about different languages, one of those mm-hmm. being math, one of those being mm-hmm. somebody who's a physicist, one of those mm-hmm. being me who's a, a psychologist, right? And right. so we all have these different languages and yet right. that other language, the language that we might consider foul or cursing, or mm-hmm. we don't objectify it because mm-hmm. it's free to everybody. Yes. Right. It, it is not, you know, elitist where right. other languages such as that in our professions can yes. be considered somewhat elitist because not yes. everybody's privy to it. Right. That's right. That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. But yet yeah. math is such a unique experience because we go through school and we have to learn it. And you're right. Right. There is a lot of fear. I had a lot of fear in relation right. to math. I think I feared math more than I would the dentist any day. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. And you know, and then so people put up a mental block against it. It's it's you know, they're kind of their own worst enemy because they have such a fear of it. And and then that feeds on itself. So then they can't become successful with it at, at all. But right. uh but yeah, quite <laughs> quite quite an interest, quite, quite interesting. I, I love that. But yet for you. And I say this because you've transitioned into helping others write books, but you've Mm -hmm. used the idea of stories and how Mm -hmm. to put that together and creating a formula, so to speak, to write a book. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I I created, created a formula because, um, again, and this is where the the marriage, if you will, of my mathematics and computer science background meets this creative and artistic endeavor of, of writing. Because yes, everybody's story is different. And the way they want to share that story is different. Some people do a signature process as an example, or some people do a memoir, or some people do a how-to book. So it's all different depending on what the message is and what the wisdom is that you want to share with the world. But what I've done is I've taken that mathematics background and created a step-by-step process. So that framework is underneath everything that we do, and it allows the, the client to just relax then and worry about the knowledge that's in their head, as opposed to the mechanics of getting it done. 
You know, I absolutely love that because we as human beings are very multidimensional and we function Mm -hmm. very differently from one another. Yes. Yet when we come to somebody like you, who is a coach, a Mm -hmm. book coach, and you have a formula set up, it's so much easier many times, even with our diverse backgrounds to put in and place into that formula, Mm -hmm. the things that we need to put there, it makes it so much easier. Right. And so I love that because again, the way you explain that, I wish they would have explained this to me years ago in math. Yes, yes, yes. Right? It was so obscure to me many times. And even though I knew there was a formula, I'm like, I just don't get it. Because like you, I didn't have a professor who only wrote on the board. Professors who just didn't tell the story very well. Yes. Right? And so I couldn't use that side of my brain quite as well as maybe you did because you Mm -hmm. got the stories because there was a formula, right? Mm -hmm. And you were just Mm -hmm. that person to attach to those formulas earlier on than me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you, but it it was not an easy transition for me. I think you and I talked uh, before about my journey to becoming an author and coming from someone who is used to working with bits and bytes and really struggling because trying to, I knew what I wanted to say. I knew what I wanted to share, but then to make it coherent so that someone else reading it would understand it. I'll tell you, when I finished my first draft, I cried because I read it and I thought, oh my goodness, this is not what I envisioned in my head. Mm. There were places where I had repeated things, you know, there were, there were things that I left out that weren't really clear because I understood them, but someone else reading it wouldn't understand it. And, uh, and so it was definitely a journey for me. And uh, I I shared with you that the reason I wrote that book was to, to launch it at an industry conference. And that was where the 90 days came from, because I only had 90 days to get that book finished, right, and be able to launch it there at the conference. So, uh, so yeah, so, so that's why I can empathize with my clients, because I've been there, right? I know how difficult it is to juggle both your personal life, your work life, and then writing this thing called a book, right? Right. So, you know, I'm going to take a step back here really quickly, because I do want Mm -hmm. you to answer this particular question, how did you make the jump of working in the corporate arena mm-hmm. to entrepreneurship? Mm-hmm. Because it seems like, where'd you get that aha moment? This is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. How did you do it? Well, you know, I, I was in a position where I had had great success in my corporate career, but I thought, you know, there's got to be something more than this. I'm not one who likes to take orders all the time. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, it'd be great if I could just be my own boss, right? And I know a lot of people go into entrepreneurship because of that. But what I, and, and I knew I had skills, right? Because of my marketing background. But what I didn't understand is when I was in corporate, I had a whole ecosystem that supported me. You know, I had an assistant, I had a tech team, I had, you know, people who did sales. And then when I went out on my own, all of a sudden, it was me, I was wearing all of the hats. And that was a true culture shock. The other culture shock for me was, 
you know, when I put my corporate business card on the table in front of someone, I had instant credibility. When I put my, my business card on the table as a solopreneur, they were like, who are you again? And what do you do? So, so building that identity, that brand identity, I think was a big learning curve for me. The way I left corporate, it wasn't that big of a decision in the sense that I felt I had accomplished everything that I could accomplish in that particular role. And I was just looking around for something else to do. Now, I did start looking before I left corporate. I I tried a few things. I investigated some things online. And and I really enjoyed the idea of coaching because I'm a helper. I like to help people. And so I knew I wanted to do some form of coaching. And uh, then I started looking around to say, what would that look like for me? So even before I left my corporate job, I did get certified at at that time as a life and career coach, right? Mm -hmm. Because that was what I knew. And I started out coaching other professional women because I was successful in a technology environment, which is very male dominated. And uh, so I did that for a while, but it it just was not the thing that really got my energy flowing the the way I wanted it to. And I I then started, so I've had this like checkered checkered entrepreneurial journey. So I then started coaching other small business owners, just like myself, solopreneurs, because again, I could take that corporate knowledge that I gained and apply that to small businesses in a much more palatable format. And I did that for a while, but that also wasn't, didn't do it for me simply because I had to learn a new language every time I got a new customer. It was office products one week, it was accounting the next week. And and that I felt like I just didn't want to do that. I wanted to specialize. And, you know, nowadays everybody says, yeah, specialize, you know, niche down. I I didn't know those terms at the time. I just knew that for me, I needed to focus on some specific area. And as I mentioned, because I love to travel, I decided to go with the travel and hospitality industry and bed and breakfast in particular. It's a smaller niche of the travel and hospitality industry. And they have a huge problem in that they're usually book solid in the summertime in their high season. And then in their low season, they're, they're either very low booked or they end up closing. Mm. And that was really the impetus to me writing that first book was to solve the problem of how do I get, as they say, heads in beds, right, in right. my low season. And that was the impetus to writing that first book. What a cool journey. I mean, really, (laughs) you know, you say you have a checkered journey. I think it's an evolution, right? Yes. And so you've evolved and yet you continue to, you know, I don't want to use the word pivot, but you Mm re-strategized and Mm -hmm. we do that as entrepreneurs. And some of the the two of the, the key words that stood out to me too is, or three brand identity, Mm -hmm. the ecosystem Mm -hmm. and your specialty. Yes. Those are such important aspects of entrepreneurship. Yes. We do not realize when we start out what our ecosystem is going to look like or not look like because we do come from these corporate arenas, right? Yes. So I've come from an arena of working in hospitals and we've Mm -hmm. got the secretary and we've got the, you know, the people doing the assessments and Mm -hmm. you're overseeing and managing and doing all this stuff. And when you're an entrepreneur, it's like, uh uh-oh. 
I do right. my own calendar. I do my own. I do my own marketing. Right. I do my own branding. I do my, you know, right. how am I going to juggle all of this? And that is a strategy. Yes. And then on top of that, how do you do the direct service at the same time? Yes. Right. <laughs> right. And, and, and what I've learned, Summer, is that you, as you said, you have to build that ecosystem, whether yes. that is hiring people to work directly for you or building a team of freelancers who you can call upon that have specialties that can help you with that. I mean, you know, one, one thing I will say about my journey is I was not afraid to keep re-strategizing what I wanted to do. You know, I think that's the mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs make and then they end up not being happy because they they pick something and then they feel like they have to stick with it no matter what. You know, they just force themselves to stick with that. And even though I took a lot of jokes from my friends saying, well, what business are you in this month, Linda? Right. You know, it, it, but for me, it was like, no, I'm searching for what is going to fit for me. And I just was not afraid to keep pivoting, as you said, or changing or, re, you know, slightly adjusting, you know, my path until I found the thing that I really love doing and, you know, can't imagine doing anything else. You know, and I love that about your journey and what you're bringing up here in that, even though you may have had this formula and the formula may have, may be similar, right. Mm-hmm. From mm-hmm. specialty to specialty, but mm-hmm. you figured out what it was that you were really passionate about mm-hmm. and then still had that formula kind of tweaked it a little bit. Right. And yet you were able to do something that you loved. And here you are today doing something that you're passionate about. That's mm-hmm. going to have longevity because you right. are passionate about, and I do get it. I do get, Hey, Linda, what are you up to this week? Right. Yes. Right. Right. We, we, <laughs> yes. It's even I've gotten that. Hey, what are you up to this week? What are you, you know, but I know in the core of me, just like you, Mm -hmm. you like to help people. Yes. And it's figuring out out a way of doing that. That really aligns with your passion, your values, your integrity, all of that and your skill set. Yes. And so here you are, like you said, you're building up that ecosystem, Mm -hmm. right? Whether they're entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, contractors that are helping support your business, your ecosystem, you're creating your brand, you're expanding. You know, I just, if you don't follow her, I I suggest anybody follow her. Her name's Courtney Mm -hmm. L. Sanders. Mm -hmm. I just watched, and she's a coach. And I just watched one of her videos the other day about specialties. Yes. Specializing and niching. Right. And so it's like, it's so important because she said, there's a lot of life coaches. Yes. As I was going through LinkedIn, Instagram, all these different, I began to realize like, there's a manifesting coach. There's a coach there. Yes. And it's so important if you think, or if you're scared because you think you're going to pull down your demographic, you're not. Actually, you're not. it's going to open not. it up. You're yes, going to be amazed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, I, I say that to people as they are thinking about the audience for their book, because the tendency is, well, my book is for everyone. Well, no, it isn't, because if it's for everyone, then it's for no one. So you want to hone in on your target audience. Who is, you know, if I always tell people, you know, think about if you were just having a conversation with someone, 
Who would that person be? What would they look like? Such that that's how you write your book. You write to that one person. And that way you attract all the people that fit that category, right? Because if you don't, then as you said, it all becomes generic. It's like, well, you know, it's a leadership book. Well, okay, so what? But if it's a leadership book for corporate women, then it's more specialized. And I know, oh, okay, that's for me. I know that book is going to speak to me directly. Yeah, I I love that because that applies to what you're doing as helping somebody publish a book as a coach that can be applied to so many different aspects of life. And I think, Mm -hmm. as you said, if you write to everybody, you're writing to nobody, right? And so I I just love that. That is so unique. And just that was like, yep, that makes (laughs) sense. That absolutely makes sense. So tell us a bit about your your coaching, and how you help people publish their book? Sure. Well, I help people self-publish. You know, there's nothing wrong with traditional publishing, but the problem for first-time authors is it's in these days, it's very difficult to get a book contract because there's only about five big publishing houses right now, and they want their authors to already come with an established platform, tens of thousands of followers, you know, perhaps uh, a a show, a podcast such as yourself, and and, and so they, because they don't want to have to take a chance on an unknown. And so I usually work with authors who don't have a huge platform already, but are looking to establish or increase that platform, right? And they come to me in a couple of different ways. Some come with just an idea, hey, I've always wanted to write a book, but I'm not really sure what to write it about. And we hone in just as we were talking a a few minutes ago, what is the thing, what is the big idea that you want to share with the world? And then we focus the book in on that. And uh, some people come to me with a manuscript that's already partially written and they say, hey, I'm stuck. This thing has been on my hard drive for two years and I don't know what to do with it. And so I help them get it from that stage all the way through the end of, of publishing. I, as you said I, in my intro, I like to take people from idea to book in hand and I meet them where they are. And we do it with a, with a standardized process so that there's no surprises. And within that, there's flexibility for the individual then to make the book look however they want to, because, you know, ultimately, I want them to be happy with the end product. Oh, I love that. Let me ask you a question. And this is just on a side note, and it's Mm -hmm. not on my I'm going to go off script here. So Mm -hmm. when it comes to cover and yes. back of her, do you contract with somebody or do you? Yes. Have to, yes. Oh, God, okay. I absolutely, I contract yeah. with, I contract with someone to do a professional cover. And, and I'll tell you, it's really important to have someone who is a book cover designer, because I had a client that worked with a graphic designer, lots of great graphic designers, but he wasn't a book cover designer. And there's some guidelines that, you know, the title should be a certain size, the author's name should be a certain size. So he had created this great cover, but it wasn't good for a book. Because, you know, if you're on Amazon and you look at books, they're in a little thumbnail is all you see is the front cover. And so if the colors aren't right so that it fades out or the author's name isn't visible, that affects whether someone's going to click on that cover or not. Oh, absolutely. I fully agree with you there. Now, 
Let's jump to the next question. You have a very unique author fast track program. Yes. Tell us about this program. Yes. So the author fast track program, as I said, you can write your book in as little as 90 days. Now I will say to do that, you must be motivated. Okay. (laughs) Because it's not for the faint of heart and you must make it your top priority, but it can be done. It can be done. Uh, usually my clients take more like six months to do it mm-hmm. because they're juggling family, they're juggling their business responsibilities and other things that they might be doing. So the average of my clients takes about six months, which is still really good because if you get a traditional publishing contract, it's 24 months is mm-hmm. the average of how long it takes you to get from your idea to your, your book. You have to fit into their engine, right? right. And, and their system and, and all of that. Uh, of course, there's advantages to being a to getting a publishing contract because of the distribution and you know that kind of a thing. But I tell people, if you self-publish, it doesn't mean you can't get picked up by a big publishing house. And in fact, there are several authors who have done that. They've gotten very successful self-publishing, and then they caught the notice of a big publishing house and got a publishing contract. I think. Um, the woman who did uh, The Art of Tidying Up. I can't think of her name. Marie Kondo? Yeah, yeah. She Uh originally self-published and then because the book was so successful, got picked up by a huge publishing house and, you know, has now gone on to do even bigger and better things. So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. No, I think that once you get the exposure, right, that you need and there is there are book publishing days on Twitter. There are where, you know, the publishing houses come out and look at what you have to offer, look at your ideas. So you absolutely can translate that book over from self-published to being published with a bigger publishing house. And there, like you said, there are those big five, right? And and what's nice about self-publishing is okay, the reality is many of us aren't going to get picked up by those big five right right off the bat. I have friends who are authors multiple times over and Mm -hmm. yet they're still working towards either that or just being a a really great self-published author, which they are, they're trying this and they're making a great living. And and here's the other thing with self-publishing, you get ownership over your material. Yes, that's a big piece of it. That's right. You you have the right. You can you continue to own the rights to your book. And so you get all of the the royalties associated with that, as opposed to really 10 cents on the dollar, which is what you get with a with a big publishing house. Yeah, absolutely. So I love what you're doing here. You've got such a great story. I love your formula application (laughs) to helping others publish a book. Mm -hmm. And then also this author fast track program. Yes, covered so much here in regards to your personal background, your professional (laughs) background, some strategy. So as we come to the close of the interview, my last question is, if you were to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom today, what would they be? I would say, find the person, the one person that you want to help, right? And look at what is the biggest problem that they have, and then help them solve it. And then you can solve that in so many different ways with your programs. You can solve it by writing a book that addresses that problem. You can solve it with group coaching. There's so many ways that you can solve that problem. But I think if you can hone in on who the person is that can benefit the most from your wisdom and then how you can help them, that's golden. 
Oh, love those words of wisdom. And thank you so much, Linda, for being on the Core Women podcast with me today. Thank you so much, Summer. It was my pleasure. Absolutely. You can connect and follow Linda Griffin on LinkedIn and Twitter and at 90 Day Author on Instagram, as well as expertauthor411.com. Thank you for joining us on the Core Women Podcast with Dr. Summer Watson. We're so glad you're here and would love to connect more with you. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Core Women and on Twitter at Core Women One. For more about Core Women and Dr. Watson, visit corewomen.com. Want more support and resources for amazing women like you? Great. Join Dr. Watson and Jen Fontanilla at the Life, Love, and Money Collective, a core women production that aids in understanding the key traits that might be getting in the way of living a life that you are absolutely passionate about. Connect with Summer and Jen and find out more at thelifeloveandmoney.com.